What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. I'm back. It's me. Hi. Uh, welcome. I let Carmen to... come back for this one. <laughs> uh, welcome back to another episode of Grey's Academy, your favorite Grey's Anatomy podcast. My name is Carmen. My name is Kelsey, and it is a beautiful night for a podcast. And we want to say a few things before we get started. First of all, if you are new, welcome. You have probably listened to other episodes before you've gotten here. Um, So this is like makes no sense now. But this is the episode we're recording after I sat down with Miles and talked about Grey's. Um, So much great feedback from that episode. Thank you all so much for listening. If you found us because of Miles, welcome and thank you. Um, If you are finding us because of the Grey's reels I'm posting on Instagram, welcome. Thank you. If you have other content creators that you would love to see us chit chat with, um, who, you know, like Grays or like maybe make Grays content, send them our way. We're happy to reach out to them. Um, we feel very lucky that Miles, uh, was willing to, to do that, the, the show with us. And we're really absolutely very hopeful that we're going to be able to work out doing another episode with him. Um, I did realize last week I was so very excited that I didn't really preface as to why Carmen wasn't there. Um, Obviously miles and I just talked about Grays. We kind of went back and forth when I was first talking to him about doing like a standard episode. And because we have not had a guest yet, I was just like, so, so nervous about bringing someone on um, who like doesn't fully like grasp that Carmen like does not know anything about the nothing, show. Nothing, and, nothing, nothing. And so I was like too nervous. And I was like, I, I asked miles, I was like, this is our, um, like our, I concept of how we do the show, but I kind of think maybe you and I could just like talk just grace. And so that's what we settled on. But I do think that he is going to come back for a true episode. And he he said he would, quote, be on his best behavior, which, again, I don't think anyone would intentionally spoil it. I think it would truly be like when you have 19 season of a show and you're not recording this podcast specifically, I think it's so easy to be like, oh, did X, Y and Z already happen? And if it hasn't, like that's a spoiler. Um, so that was kind of how we came to that decision. But regardless, it was great. Um we're looking forward to doing it again, hopefully finding more guests. So thank you guys for all the support on that episode. Yeah. And, and just to also get a little peek behind the curtain here, uh, I do all of the podcast editing for the, <laughs> yes. for the vocal uh, stuff. So when, when Kelsey sent me this file, she had to time out exactly like you have two minutes and 19 seconds before yes. the first spoiler comes in I was on like, the beginning. Absolutely cannot listen past this time. Yeah. Stamp. So that was great. But uh, yeah, seriously, Miles, shout out uh, if you have not. Uh, if you're if you're listening to this podcast and you don't know who Miles is, uh, it's at Miles Bond, right? Yes. On Instagram. Uh, so definitely go take a listen to to his podcast as well. Uh, at Perfect, Perfect Person, Person Podcast. Podcast. Um, really great stuff. I had a chance to listen to some of those episodes. Uh, Miles, if you don't listen to this episode, I just want you to know that I might just call in one day, one day as like a prank <laughs> please 
I'm, I'm, I'm seriously, that's like, once you're in the kind of the podcast community, it's like, y'all just start pranking each other. And that's what I want. That's the dream I have for us is we're all going to be best friends. And I'm going to come up with this like out, outlandish situation. And the end of it goes, nah, I'm just kidding, man. It's Carmen from Gray's Academy. Bye. <laughs> Click. Uh, and uh, see what happens. My sister was mad that she didn't get to talk to Miles because she is also a huge Miles stan. And so she said she was going to call in to the, his advice podcast and her conundrum was going to be that her sister got to talk to Miles and didn't let her talk to him. How should she go about diffusing the <laughs> anger she feels? Specifically, my sister went and had you on her podcast, Grey's Academy, and I didn't get to talk to you and, and meet you. What yes, would you do at if you her were her bequest? <laughs> like yes. she truly shout out to my sister because she, when I told her that I wanted miles to be on the podcast she was like seriously if he like sees your messages like if you are interacting with him constantly on twitter and he like sees your messages he will like if he has a time in his schedule he will do it and i was hesitant i would let like he's so nice it's not that i thought he was going to be like rude or anything i just know like he has a full-time job he also does his podcast and he also had a baby in january so like he is a busy person so yeah. I just was like so grateful that he was willing to take the time out and, and sit with us to, to talk. And um, so, yeah, I just shout out my sister for being like, no, you should really ask. Like, he'll definitely do it. Um, and, and he then, did. Uh, she was right. So, yay. <laughs> A win Love for it. everybody. Now, before we get too far into this, this podcast episode, um, definitely number one. If you haven't followed us on Instagram already and you've been a uh, either you just randomly search this episode and you love it and you want to talk to us, uh, reach out at Gray's Academy Pod on Instagram. Uh, my personal podcast is at Carmen.Gabriel.Official. Uh, Kelsey's podcast or uh, Instagram is at Chaotically Kelsey. And uh, definitely, definitely reach out and, and follow us there because we post a lot of uh, direct content to you, the listeners. And uh, if ever there's a reason that we can't do an episode for a week or we have technical difficulties or emergencies, we would post that the episode wouldn't getting uh, wouldn't be getting released on that Instagram page at Grey's Academy Pod. If you want to reach out to Kelsey and talk about Grey's through email at Grey's Academy Pod at gmail.com. And she is the only one that has access to that uh, Instagram and email because there's no spoilies. I know nothing about the show. So this is great. But we were also just talking about <laughs> about Diablo. So right, be- right before, I don't remember what, like we, we were saying something and I said, fuck, we got to stop talking about this because this is just good. This is just golden ass content. But I don't remember what it was we were talking really, about. It's, it's very niche. Like it's only golden content for people who even know what Diablo is, which I don't it's feel like game. is necessarily a huge crossover with our fandom. But I could That's be wrong. Fine. I mean, maybe. It's a video game. Michael likes it. Carmen likes it. They're coming out with Diablo 4. It was a back and forth on if they're going to get it or not. <laughs> oh, oh, I was, we, we were, so we were talking, the reason this came up is because Michael's family ha- is super dope and they're going to get together and just play the new Diablo 4 and it, it comes out in a couple days here. Uh, this episode is not officially sponsored by Blizzard or uh, Diablo 4. I need to say that because Kelsey will yell at me apparently if I don't say things like that, especially now that we actually have sponsors. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I was like, man, this is really great. And Michael didn't like the game. But it was because he had a bow and arrow and I, my my character was shooting lasers out of his face. And uh, what I was telling you, Kelsey, is that there was this period when I was in Florida where 
I forgot that I even owned a gaming computer. And I busted it out one night and I just started playing and I found this clan that was like super intense and they rushed me all the way to like super level. And then all of a sudden everything was very easy after that. It doesn't matter now, but I mean, (laughs) if any of you guys are listening to this and you want to play Diablo with me, you can message me directly, but don't, don't, don't talk, don't talk spoilies. No spoilies. No spoilies. Don't do it. So anyways, we have an episode and let's do it. Also happy pride month. Happy to Pride all Month. all of our LGBTQIA plus friends and supporters. I feel like this is such a good episode to have our first episode yes. of Pride. I was so happy that it worked out that way. Um, Yes. So this is the sixth episode of the fifth season. It is the 84th episode overall, and it is called Life During Wartime. And that is a song. Oh my gosh! Look at the biggest yawn. yawn. That's a yawn. It's not even a musical yawn. It's a we podcast went to, yawn. <laughs> that's a podcast yawn. We we took Marlo to the the zoo this morning, and then I got a haircut, and then we went to a grad party, and then we went to the splash pad. I am so exhausted. Anyways, all right. Life during wartime is a song by the Talking Heads. Uh, if you are a fan a of the Talking. I so here's the thing. I'm actually not a huge fan of the Talking Heads. They're very like specific sound. People, yeah, I feel like they're people love them or hate them. You know what I mean? It's it's not that they're a bad band. What really you know how in life there's like one thing that could ruin it for you for like anything, right? Like you life could ruin life for you. <laughs> life could, <laughs> like. There's one terrible Red Sox fan that can make you loathe the Red Sox the way that I do. Mm -hmm. There's one person who could make you hate something about a movie. There's one song that can make me hate a band. And it's Once in a Lifetime by Talking Heads. And ironically, it's off of the same album. Well, actually, it's off of the Best Of album. They don't think they were on the same album. But uh, the Talking Heads released uh, Life During Wartime. It was the single from their 1979 album, Fear of Music, which I'm going to pull up the songs. Why do you uh, hate the, the tr- other song? Um, because when it's not on the same album. Once in a Lifetime is not on the same album. In high school, this uh, radio station that I that I had set my alarm to you know, remember remember the old iHome docs? I surely do. I had an iHome i iHome iPod dock, but I didn't wake up to my iPod. I woke up to the radio because I had I didn't have a ton of songs on there. I saved up all my money to buy the iPod. I couldn't afford to buy the, the songs, songs back when the songs of, were ninety nine cents a song. Exactly. So the station that I that I woke up to every morning. It was once in a lifetime. And for some reason, the exact same time every day they were playing that song. So for like my entire junior year of high school, I woke up to once in a lifetime and Why now I associate pick it. a different radio station. Because at a certain point, I thought they have to change it, right? Like it's going to change one of these days and they never did. That's I haven't tested the that theory now. Of insanity. I mean, yes, you're, you're right. You're, you're correct. Everyone, everyone hear me say this, Kelsey, you are right. But yeah, it ruined that song for me. But uh, anyways, so uh, Life During Wartime, released 1979. It was the first single off of Fear of Music, and it peaked at number 80 on the Billboard Pop Singles chart, which is very impressive. Uh, It is the only uh, country that it peaked in the top 100, and it was there for five 
weeks, which is very impressive. Now, the the lyrics um, of this song are, are a little bit interesting. Also, let me go ahead and jump ahead. I did not download the song. The song did not make it into Carmen's uh, song library. It did not score high enough. I'm going to give it a one out of five, but mostly because it's from the talking heads, but um, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of like very, uh, not graphic, but it's very descriptive. Uh, heard of a van that's loaded with weapons packed up and ready to go. Heard of some grave sites out by the highway, a place where nobody knows the sound of gunfire off in the distance. I'm getting used to it now. Sad, obviously. Lived in a brownstone, lived in a ghetto. I've lived all over this town. This ain't no party. This ain't no disco. This ain't no fooling around. No time for dancing or lovey-dovey. I ain't got time for that now. So those are just kind of the first couple of verses in a chorus there. But it's just, uh, you know, whenever you got these war songs, especially in the 70s, 70s and 80s, uh, you know, they don't hit quite like the ones for... Uh, the sixties and, and like Vietnam and all that stuff is just uh, the war songs are written a little bit different, but talking heads respect the band, respect what they've been able to accomplish, respect their sound, respect their music. But, uh, the one song ruined it for me, except for psycho killer. I'll give you, I'll give you that one. But with that, Kelsey back to you, my dear friend, let's talk about the episode. Thank you so much. This episode was written by, oh. Oh, we, we uh, sorry. Mark okay. Wilding and directed by James Frawley. It aired October 30th, 2008 to 15.05 million views. So up a little bit, up a little bit from last week. Um, and the Netflix synopsis for this guy is the chief gives Bailey new power. He also gives her a very difficult surgical assignment. Remove a girl's inoperable tumor. Nothing about pig murder. <laughs> or Callie and Han. Or Owen in general. Yeah. I like that the first thing you get in this episode is no animals were harmed in the making of this this episode. Yeah, they I put like that the in date. twice. Yeah. After what I would imagine was a natural commercial break during the live premiere, they probably had some like coming back from commercial break. They had put that in there of, uh, there of just like, hey, if you're coming into this episode late yeah. and you didn't see this, uh, no one heard any pigs. They're fine. Yeah. I were they real pigs? Were one. they real actor pigs or were they fake pigs? It was a person in a pig costume. Oh, like that movie Human Centipede. No, like the movie Babe. Oh, and uh, Gordy. Remember Gordy? No. Babe was superior to Gordy. I think Babe came first, and they were like, let's capitalize on this pig sensation in America. That'll do, pig. That'll do. That'll do, pig. That was not a very good impression. That'll... No, it's more like that's from Shrek. That'll do, donkey. That'll do. You're doing... (laughs) Only okay. (laughs) Owen is actually very Scottish in real life. Did I say that already? I feel like I did. Uh, you didn't. I don't. You don't. I don't think you said it. But I was actually able to tell. Actually, there were some times in his uh, speaking that I was like, mm, "He's hiding an accent." And I looked it up, and I did. Re- I did. I did he's research on that. So like, I like cannot understand him talking in real life. 
You know, the girl who plays Nebula is also very Scottish. I did not know that. Yeah. I've recently Jessica w- taught me rewatched that. Endgame. Did you see the third Guardians of the Galaxy? Nope. So good. I also finally watched Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. Oh, did you like it? Yeah, I really liked it. I liked it too. Enjoyed it quite a lot. It just made me a lot more sad knowing that Jonathan Majors is apparently garbage. Yeah. We hate to see it. Yep. Um, Okay. This episode, the, so we, yeah, we start with like no animals harmed. And then the recap was the whole Owen thing, the Ellis's diary, um, Lexi's upset at George and Callie and Han. So let's talk. Let's just talk Callie and Han first. Callie and Erica, Torres and Han. Um, Happy Pride Month. Happy Pride. Um, So basically, uh, the first scene we get with them is them in in post post coital in bed um and it is different than last episode it's actually good for both of them they've like found their rhythm they 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 feel comfortable with each other it's going well um this is a huge realization moment for erica which i have to imagine is not uncommon it wouldn't be uncommon in this situation where like um when you kind of finding your sexual identity and um especially like later in life after, like she says her whole adult life, she's been with men. She had no idea. Um, and she's like, this is, I'm so obviously gay. I just like, didn't know it. And Callie, you know, that's just not her experience. Um, and so she kind of like panics and, and leaves, which is, is really sad. (laughs) Yeah. Especially because you get this like really, first off it's, it's a cute dialogue. And at one point Han says, not like this. And I go, Hmm, got to make a quote of that. (laughs) And, but you have this really cute exchange where they're like, Oh yeah, no, this was, this was, uh, very good. And then Han starts talking about glasses and how she had to have glasses. And as a kid, when she put them on, the leaves were no longer green blobs on the trees. They were glasses and having sex with Callie was the glasses. She's no longer unsure. She's so, she says, I'm so, so gay. Right. And she knows it. And she has this, which I think in 2008, probably having a coming out moment on TV probably unheard of i can't think of many shows where i, I got know that it was unheard of but like it wasn't wildly common right that, that's that's what i mean by that and like i i can't think of a lot of shows where there's like this coming out realization live on the tv show they probably you know they have uh lgbtq plus uh represented actors and and relationships but this is the first time that i can think of in a tv show that i've watched where i've seen and uh uh, no, that might might not be true. I need to sit in that and think through that. But um, so, yeah, really awesome moment. And then, yeah, Kelly just leaves. She's like, I uh, I love that you're gay, but I got to go. Bye. <laughs> love that for you. Uh, bye. I mean, I think she just feels I mean, we see her struggle with it the rest of the episode. She like feels guilty that she is has a different experience, which I don't think she is necessary to feel guilty. Um, because she still has feelings for Han and she's still like, like she says the sex with Erica is awesome. Um, but, and we love just, awesome like, consensual sex. What with, you know, why it's different for her. Yeah. 
because she's not having this realization moment alongside Han, clearly there needs to be a problem. But you know what I have a problem with is that, again, Callie just doesn't communicate mm-hmm. and ghosts Han. She, at this point, here's my official stance on their relationship. <laughs> Han does not, Callie does not deserve Han. Han is so patient and so sweet and so understanding in her relationship world. Dr. Peace aside, but Callie just is one cheating on her. Right. So well, like she's, I, okay. I go back and forth because I don't think it's cheating. If you haven't had a conversation about being exclusive. The way that Alex and Izzy have in this episode. Oh my God. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, now that's not to say that like, it's great to, to um, just like, be boning multiple people all the time and like not telling people about it. But like, I just, uh, I hesitate to be like, Oh, you're a cheater. It was like the whole thing with Olivia when Izzy was like, he cheated on me with George's thank but like they weren't exclusively dating. So like, was Alex cheating? No. Does that mean Alex? It's was still shitty. Good guy. But was it cheating? Also no, but I don't know. I just feel like that's a pet peeve I have. Like, yeah. did Ross cheat on Rachel? No. Does that mean Ross did something good? Also, no. Correct. Correct. <laughs> yeah, it's, um, I think for me, the reason I'm a little bit more judgmental on it is because Callie and Han are kind of going through the same sex journey at the same time. So I think there's a little bit more of an intimacy and a vulnerability with that. I do. I mean, there's, you know, obviously there's the communication leaves much to be desired. And that's yes. like the whole issue. Yes. Um, but I don't like, yeah, when Mark's like, oh, you're a cheater. I'm like, well, she's not a cheater, but, um, yeah, the, but I, I mean, I, I don't think she ghosted her because it wasn't like Han spent the rest of the day trying to talk to her. She just like left. And then Han was like, oh, okay. I'm just going to be an asshole to other people now. Yeah. Exclusively <laughs> Bailey. My, my feelings are hurt, which like, again, her feelings being hurt is like wildly valid like to be so vulnerable and like to be going through that experience and that like identity shift is like a huge deal, but maybe, maybe like don't take it out on people when you're trying to save the lives of children. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Compartmentalize a little bit better is what I would hope from, for my doctors. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's so she, she goes through and she's testing this theory is what she said. So she has Mark, uh, uh, she has sex with Mark multiple times. She mm-hmm. has to set up those ground rules of no dirty talk, no shit like that. Like just, yeah. just missionary penis, penis and vagina, vagina sex, <laughs> yeah. penis vagina. Um, so the thing that I do like about this episode that we get from, from Callie is like, yes, she's working through it in her own way. Yes. Ultimately she goes to Han and is like, this is what's up. I'm going to be honest. Mm -hmm. I appreciate the honesty. Uh, I appreciate that ultimately we do get there. Uh, And then I like at the end, there's kind of like this friendship moment of with, with Mark and Callie. There's a good, it's so sweet. I really like that. Mark saying, I would love to get a drink is like so pure. It's so cute. Joy on his face. It's just like, this is such a good Mark episode. Yes. I just yes. love it. It's so cute. He's such a precious angel baby. And he, she goes, you're good for more than just sex, Mark. I know. It's so cute. Bless him. 
and bless then his little, uh, bless his little baby sex heart. <laughs> his little baby sex heart. We love to hear it. Um, there's, I don't remember who says it. I don't know if it's Callie or I think it would, it's Callie says, so the crying stops. Oh yeah. And She's Marcos, like, yeah, is she going to cry every time? And he's like, no, no, that'll stop. So cute. Yeah. Um, what else you got for, for the two of them? I know I just kind of rambled a lot through my notes, but. Um, no, that was pretty much it. I just think it was like uh, an interesting arc to watch. And I, I like that they put them both there, like going through different things. And like Callie at the end, I, I do feel like, you know, her at the end communicating with Erica for the sake of the show, like we get it. But like in the reality, if she came in and gave me that speech, I would be like, okay, but like, what, what do you mean? You'll also see flowers and the whole four. Like, I, like, I feel like the metaphor as an audience, we're like, yeah, yeah, we get it. But if I was Erica, I would be like, can you be more specific by what you mean? <laughs> yeah. Maybe just take the metaphor, throw it away and just tell me what you mean right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but if, yeah, you're, I, if you're not Ted Lasso, you don't get to give metaphors to people because uh, you have some work to do. Man, people on Twitter are so mad about that show. I have thoughts, but not not for this forum here. I don't not like super. How intense. could you I have, have no, bad thoughts? I don't have any bad thoughts. I, I I have truly no bad thoughts. I think when I okay, we're not going to go down this rabbit hole. But there are things that I wanted to see that I don't think we got true true closure on wanted ted and rebecca to get together then i am mad at you and that's what most of twitter is mad about no i i wanted i i would have been okay with them hooking up at one point because there was some tension there was some sexual tension chemistry no i i definitely felt chemistry uh but i just because they're two people of opposite sex going through similar life phases does not mean they have to have like sexual tension I'm not saying that they have to. I'm saying that no, they I'm did. saying that they didn't. And you are saying they did, but I think they didn't. And you're saying it just because that's what we're used to seeing. Mm, no, but I really wanted Sam and uh, Sam to, or Sam, <laughs> Sam and Sam, Sam and Rebecca to be together. But I'm OK that they didn't get together because I really liked also spoilers. I'm not going <laughs> to talk about this anymore. It's OK. Uh, but I, I wish there was more specific closure on i wish they would have won i wish they would have gotten first place but like life doesn't end perfectly all the time that's what i like about that show i know but i'm saying i that's what i wanted i wanted them to win i wanted them why to win. because they believed yes and that was enough that's the whole point that was enough i understand what you're saying it but i wanted them like to win you understand I un- I'm happy with how the show ended. I'm really not upset. I am. Just I just like wish they would have notes. No, I mean, you asked. No, I asked if you wanted Ted and Rebecca to be together, because if you did, I think you're wrong. I said no. I know. I'm just telling the listeners, if you think tension. that there was no sexual tension, just like there was not sexual tension between George and Izzy. Clearly they was because they... Yeah, people can have sex and not have sexual tension. Hello, George and Meredith. Mm, <laughs> fair. <laughs> Anyways, okay. 
Uh, anything else on Erica and Han? I, I, I it kind of sucked because so. like it's like bookends. Like there's not a lot throughout the episode with the two of them interacting. There's like the way they are acting throughout the episode is um like a response to their initial interaction in the in the morning time. But like there's not a lot of actually the two of them. Right. Other than the very beginning and the very end. Also, Han's just like, okay. And I'm like, I don't know. I feel like she would at least be like, I, you know, I have to hate Mark more now or something like that. Yeah. Something witty. Cause she's very, she, they've made her character like a very quippy, witty, funny kind of low key character in a very dry way. Very dry. Yes. Uh, The thing that I do want to call out is uh, Mark after they had sex the first time and she, she leaves and he goes, "Uh, uh, thank you. Would have been nice. Like that was, that was pretty funny. And then after the second time, he's like, I feel like people are not normally upset when sex is good. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Wait. So, uh, what, did, what did he say? I, th- I, I thought I wrote recall. that. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I titled this under, under Mark. Uh, I, I've never known a woman who is upset because she could take a curtain call. Yeah. 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 And then the only other thing that I would add, and this is a Han specific thing, and I know it kind of bleeds into the Bailey storyline. I don't think that it's fair for her to blame Callie for being a piece of shit to Bailey all day. No, it's so annoying. Go apologize to Bailey because I can't compartmentalize my emotions. Yeah. Because of you, I was taking it out on other people all day. No, no, that's that's shitty. Um, take some responsibility. Also, um, when at the very beginning, when she first is getting up talking to Bailey and she's like, don't get emotional. Nobody likes a girl who gets emotional. Shut the fuck up. Then she continues to spend the rest of the whole damn episode emotional as fuck. Yeah. And then, um, oh, the moment after Mark and Callie have sex the second time and Mark's like, oh, the only difference between me and Erica is I know you had sex with her 12 hours ago and she doesn't what blah, blah, blah. And then Derek comes in and Callie hides. And he's like, oh, I'm going to go yell at the major general. Do you want to come? And he's like, hell yeah. And then he goes, hey, Taurus. And she goes, hey. <laughs> it's so funny. I, love it. I was really nervous. Here's the thing. The doors clearly are not locked because Derek yeah, just walked in. And they do lock. It's a huge, like, there are, there are moments when people are having sex, when they make it a point to, like, show that they are locking the doors. So those doors have the capability to be locked. Yeah. And people just aren't locking them. (laughs) So, so wild to me. But I've got really department in sight. No, no. I got really nervous that uh, that Han was going to walk in on on them. And that's how she was going to find out. I will say shout out to the writers. I'm really happy that Callie got to be the one who who broke that news to Han. Yeah. So we love to see. Yeah. Um, Okay, so I think that might be it for them. Should we, what's next? What do you, what do you think? So I have a lot of notes about Weber and Bailey. Do you want to tackle this? And then, um, I mean, this, this will probably take us to our halfway point and then we could pick it up with Owen and and everyone else around the rest of the the episode. Um, That's what I envision in my mind. Who knows how, how this fucking episode with the way that we talk goes. (laughs) Um, So we, we open on this scene with Weber and Bailey 
and they're out at the helipad and mm-hmm. Weber's kind of like, Hey, just so you know, that uh, 12 patient domino surgery was really, really great. Mm-hmm. Uh, Basically, it's the kind of shit that careers are made of. So now, Bailey, what I need from you is to do that every single fucking week for the rest of your life. <laughs> this is why you cannot give a hun- more than 100% at work all the time, because then that's just the bar that you set and people just take advantage of you. This is the shit that pisses me off. Yeah. Obviously, it's like in this scenario, there is like it's not that black and white, but that is something that bothers me a lot of time. When people so, are like, oh, act like this is your job and then we'll promote you to this job. Uh, no. Yeah. Yeah. You you promote me because you know it's what I'm going to do and then and I'm going to do then it. And you'll pay me to do this work and then exactly. I'll do it. Exactly. Yeah. This, that's a whole. Don't you and I have very, very similar opinions on this. I feel like that's a whole. That's like a professional podcast <laughs> uh, Patreon episode where we're like, hey, here's some work advice. Yeah. I don't um, have a job. <laughs> you mean any any more what happened to the I one mean, place well yeah that, that's a whole thing okay no th- right. i do have that i'm just saying in general i would be like okay i don't have a job but i'll okay. give people professional advice <laughs> there we go so do you this scene gave me a lot of like it unlocked some memories that i forgot that i had do you did you ever see the kobe bryant commercials where it was the kobe system And he like, he gave motivational speeches to celebrities. No, no. Okay. If anyone is out there listening, I've just unlocked some core memories for you. And I need you, I need you to tell me that, that I've unlocked this for you through the Gray's podcast, Instagram, or at me directly. But the Kobe system. So they, they were promoting one of his new shoes and he was giving these, uh, inspirational speeches, to like Tony Robbins and Richard Branson, Serena Williams, uh, Kanye West, like all of these people who were like at the top of their, yeah, Kanye West, obviously this was a different time. This was back yeah, when he yeah, we liked yeah. Kanye. Um, and basically they, like they would say some shit and then Kobe Bryant would be like, you're welcome. And they're like, I don't understand what's happening here, <laughs> but Kanye, <laughs> So this, the Weber and Bailey conversation reminded me specifically of this because Weber was like, whatever you got that 12 domino surgery level of good that you did, it's not enough anymore. I need you to be better than that. I need you to be the best of the best every single week because you Mm -hmm. need to be like me. And in this episode of the Kobe system, it was Kanye going Kobe Bryant. How many more records can my records break? And Kobe goes more records. And Kanye's like, but I'm already the best. And then Kobe I goes, have seen that meme. yeah. And and Kobe goes, but are you the same animal and a different beast? <laughs> and Kanye just kind of pauses and goes, "What the fuck does that mean, Kobe Bryant?" And they they obviously they bleep out the the fuck. And then Kobe just looks at him. He's like doing. He's like touching his hands and he's looking at him and he goes, "You're welcome." And then everyone starts giving him a standing ovation and cheering. And that's what I thought of in this scene with Weber. He's insane to think that Bailey is going to be able to not, not to think that she's can, she can bring it, but that he's holding her to that expectation. And I'm really frustrated right. with that uh, as a leader and as a mentor, especially because I think back to that episode, how long did she say that this was in, in the works for like a long the time? Surgery? Like the domino surgery or something. Yeah. yeah. That's that insane. So five years of groundwork needs to be done now every single week moving forward for Bailey. That's unfair. 
And I really yeah. have a problem with that. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's a fair point to be made. Um, you know, yeah. And he's like, oh, you have to be the next me. Well, why don't you be you? You're the current chief of surgery. She is literally a resident. And I up, I appreciate a mentorship. Truly, I do. Um, but like this, I just don't feel like this is it. In yeah. a lot of ways. Yeah, it's know. uh, I, I want to Google real quick. The average average chief of surgery w- wage. Salary, I mean. Average chief of surgery salary. Uh, so average chief of surgery in the United States fluctuates from 340000 to 674000 a year. Average medical resident salary. Between 53000 and 67000 So there's like a small discrepancy. It's basically the same thing, right? Um, yeah, it's, I don't know. I mean, yes, she is chief resident. So I understand that like maybe she would have more authority put on her and more expectations, but it just like, they're just muddling the lines of like these, um, titles because, you know, previously they're like, Oh, I didn't give you chief resident. Cause it's like so much administrative, like paperwork and you deserve to be in the OR and then she gets it. And like her life is not that different. And then like, I don't know. It just, this thing's, things like this. And then there's also like in other medical shows, there's chief of staff. And then in this one, there's chief of surgery and it feels very reminiscent of what we see in other shows as chief of staff. And I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's a different job. Cause the, what's her name in house was chief of staff, right? Um, the lady that house Cuddy. Yes. That like ends up with. Yeah. She was chief of staff, right? I thought Anyways. she was the the chief uh, the the hospital. I thought she was like the running the hospital. I think that's what a chief of staff does, like mm. runs the hospital. What they you didn't watch New Amsterdam though, right? No, oh, man. I'm sure, I will. you really got to. I feel like that's a show that we we need to record, and that's our next spinoff podcast of Grey's Academy is uh, New Amsterdam Academy, um, <laughs> which actually sounds like a school. New Amsterdam <laughs> Academy, really class does. of twenty twenty three. Uh, what was his fucking title? Chief of no, he was the chief of medicine. He was the chief of med- medicine at New Amsterdam. Yeah, so she's the dean of medicine. Dean of medicine. I don't know what that is. That's what she is. She is it. <laughs> dean of. I think we've actually had this conversation before, where we've talked about how they're just kind of like the title. And the actual roles of what's happening don't line up with the show. And they kind of maneuver in and out of when it helps move the storyline along. And I think this is one of those times. A chief medical officer has to be self-directed while the medical director gets their orders from higher up. Okay, that's not what I asked. (laughs) This is an Indeed article. The nine levels of doctors and their differences. Levels of doctors, med student, intern, fellow, head of department, chief resident, chief resident, national average, $84,510 per year. Nice. Um, senior resident, the same price as a chief, or same price, same salary same price. chief resident, junior resident, also the same as chief resident, which seems like, why? And then medical director is 205. And then attending is 249. 
Derek is two million though. So okay. Well, that's because once you get into those specialties, you supersede the the wages of an administrator. An intern, thirty seven thousand. Fuck my gosh. After your what hundreds of thousand dollars in debt. Yeah. This is fucking blows. And then a fellow, the average salary is forty eight. Forty eight thousand? Yeah. How are they at number four on our list of one through five? Because medically ranked, I think that's what comes after resident. I have no idea. A fellow is also like, it, as explained in Grays, I could be wrong. As explained in Grays, a fellow is like, it's basically optional. You can choose to have a fellowship and like really hone in your like research and time studying that specific thing, or you can just move to attending. It kind of just like, I think the implication is that it just like bolsters your resume and your experience. I don't know if that's true. That is how it is portrayed to me through the Grey's Anatomy universe. The Grey's universe. Well, anyways, so I love that, but it is the moral of the story is Weber's (laughs) trying to get a lot of quality out of someone who they're not paying them proportionally for what they are. Yeah. And, uh, we don't, we don't approve that message. Kelsey and I have the exact same wages that we take from this podcast. We're 50-50 split. Mm-hmm. We, yep. We're rolling in money. money. Rolling in <laughs> money. Rolling money. in the money. Rolling in the money, though. So I don't really think... Do you have any more notes about Weber and Bailey specifically? Because I feel like we don't get a lot... We don't really get a like a resolution of this. It's basically... It shifts gears from Weber saying, Bailey, you got to be the next me, to I'm going to be mad at Meredith all episode until the end when I say some nice stuff. Yeah, and then at, nice at one point, Bailey tells him to do something, and then he like looks at her, and she's like, you put me in charge. Yeah. So, I mean, other than that first initial interaction that kind of just sets up the dynamic for the episode, I don't really think there's more to the two of them. I think it's more just like... The surgery, Tori's surgery as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the Weber and Meredith thing, do you want to tackle that? You want to share any thoughts with that? Yeah, let's, yeah, we'll just talk Tori in general. So this patient, the uh, inoperable tumor is a 10 year old girl named Tori being flown in from another hospital. And she has a tumor that's wrapped around like every organ in her entire abdomen. So, you know, it's casual. Um, so they fly her in from this hospital because Weber is desperate to get, you know, he doesn't want to be number 12 anymore. Every choice he has made this season is like, just like him desperately trying to get back to being the, I guess, like renowned place that they used to be, you know, instead of this fallen down number 12 spot. Just this terrible, might as well be a free clinic at a Walgreens is basically the way Weber sees it. Um, Yeah. So. Which which really pisses me off. Those will bankrupt you just as fast as any hospital. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. My, my frustration with Weber on this is like you're number 12 out of how many fucking thousands of hospitals. Exactly. It's still okay. Weber. It's Okay. Your ego is showing hard. Yeah. I mean, they make the point to say like when he says, you know, he introduces Hunt as a head of trauma. Like obviously they didn't, if, if they had a head of trauma before we, as an audience were not privy to that. So he basically hires this person, creates this role so that they can go back to being a level one trauma center. Obviously 
for a, the purpose of the plot of the show, we want them to be a level one trauma center because that means there are more interesting medical things that are happening in the ER. Like obviously yeah. they like need to get back to that status. However, like from the reality of like him just creating this position and spending these hospital dollars to get back to being that, I mean, Mark and Derek are like, Oh, that explains it. Like he hires him so that, you know, by the end of the month, they'll be back to their previous status. Well, the problem really is that they have, they overordered, they overordered uh, skin glue. So they had mm. to hire a guy to figure out how to creatively give out the skin glue is what's happening. Are you against skin glue? Um, I don't think I've ever used skin glue. It's real. It's a real thing. I know it's a real thing, but <laughs> apparently Derek and Mark hate it. They, yeah, we'll get there. Okay. So Weber making a lot of decisions based on what, and yes, he's the chief of surgery. Can he create these positions? Does he not need some sort of approval from the board? These are my questions. Um, I'm sure there's a budget. It's fine. So what we are looking at with the Weber, this is like, this episode is a lot of people taking things very personally. Um, and not quote unquote, leaving it at the door as it were bringing mm. a lot of things to the workplace that maybe not don't need to be there. Yeah. Basically um, none that of it feels like the theme of this episode. <laughs> I feel like that's the theme that we're looking and, at for this one. And very few of them actually come to a healthy adult resolution and moving forward. Yeah. That's uh, I would, I would say you're not wrong there. Yeah. So, wait, were we talking about Weber and Meredith? Yeah. Yeah. So, the thing that I spent all episode trying to figure out, and it didn't get brought up in this episode, maybe it's something that will happen in the future, or maybe I'm reading too far into it. Mm -hmm. But the second Weber sees this Anatomy Jane doll, he's, like, just pissed off, right? He, yeah. it's, it clearly sends him into this rage it's spiral. It's literally a trigger. Yeah. My thought initially was that he gave her the anatomy Jane doll as a gift. Ah. And he is reminded of, I mean, he says this later on the episode, you're a living reminder of every mistake I've ever made in my entire life. Yeah. And I, I like thought the, the anatomy Jane with Weber and Meredith in this. Yeah. Scene. Yeah. Yeah. But that was my initial thought was like Weber got her that doll and him seeing it now. He, it's like yeah. it unlocked a memory for him that he forgot he had, you know? Yeah. Yeah, um, and he, again, I mentioned this in a previous episode. In the season four finale, he learns that Ellis tried to kill herself, and Meredith says that it was his fault that she did that. He is, pro I cannot imagine that he has fully processed that. Like, he can't go to her and, like, ask follow-up questions on this. And obviously, like, Ellis is no longer around, so he can't talk about it with her. So, like, he has to deal with that, and then... You know, anytime he might think that he is getting past it, she is there and like reminding, especially when she has a physical thing that was around him at that exact time that that would have been happening in in real life. That's obviously going to be like a reminder and it's going to make him feel shitty. That's a good point. I didn't even think about like, yeah, she she mentions the suicide thing and then there's no there's no follow up. There's no 
anything. Obviously, she lives, but yeah. there's no like Meredith is in therapy. Weber's not in therapy. We don't know what's going on in his head about all this. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, back to back to Tori. So we see kind of this episode, which, by the way, this fucking grandma, she's an a hole, but she offers them fudge. So I can't be too mad. And, and <laughs> yeah, I love I'm that. Like, she has her whole speech and then she's like, fudge. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't like the point she's making isn't bad. She's like, hey, this other doctor said we need this person and you stole this person. So, like, can you get this person in here? Here's some fudge. (laughs) I get it. She's very straightforward. I think I we uh, maybe I'm just programmed to hate all of these patients because uh, the doctors are the main characters of the show. But I get it. Even later on in the episode when the dad is like calling every five seconds and Weber's like, Hey, dude, you calling isn't helping it. And he's like, oh, I just worry. And then Weber's like, no, don't ever stop caring. Okay, Weber, pick yeah. a lane. Pick a lane, buddy. Well, I think it, it ties into the Meredith thing because yeah, he saw her living, you know, she's like a six-year-old with basically no one because her father has bailed and her mother is doesn't want her. Like that's, we'll call a spade a spade. Ellis didn't want Meredith. It is what it is. Um, and... So to see like the opposite side of that, this, this girl who has like an army of people fighting for her, he's like, you know what? Kids should have this. Like I'm mad at myself because I'm part of the reason that this Meredith didn't have this. And I'm not going to sit here and like then belittle this man for being the thing that I wish Meredith had. Yeah. That's a good point. I think it's a, it's, there's, there's a lot of nuance to it. And I, I think this episode does a really good job in kind of like giving us just a little more backstory and the complexity that is Meredith and Weber's relationship. Because really up to this point, like they've just been like, oh, Weber and Ellis had an affair. But like, there's a lot more, like the implications of that are like very expansive. So you can't be like, oh, they just had an affair. Cause like Meredith was there and she's there now. And Ellis has died and Ellis had Alzheimer's. Like there's so much more to unpack with that. So I think like this is an introduction to like getting like more to it and seeing more about it. And, you know, like when we learned like that Adele knew and that Richard had like gone through a huge um, like drinking problem and like hit rock bottom after Ellis left and all this stuff, like there's so much to it um, other than like, oh yeah, they fucked. Yeah. This is this is an exact moment. So anyone who's listening out there right now, I want you to mark this as an example of why I love doing this podcast because so much of that, I'm just watching this show for the first time. I'm not committing every single one of these pieces to memory. Like I I had actually forgotten that Meredith yelled at Weber and said, my mom tried to kill herself because of you, right? And, yeah. th- and this is part of that callback. And while, you know, Affairs are so commonplace and normal in just society and life. I think Kelsey brings up a really, really great point of the expansiveness and truly uh, the the gravity of what an affair entails. Because it's not just, they didn't just have sex, right? Like Izzy and George ultimately had sex. They thought they were in love. They were not. Yeah. Uh, They drunkenly had sex. Weber didn't just drunkenly have a one night stand with Ellis. They yeah. were in love with each other. They were they were trying to figure out a life together. She was leaving Thatcher and 
Weber was going to leave Adele and then didn't. And there's a kid involved, like all of these things, right? And we see that I'm remembering right now this moment where while she's dying or not dying, while she's kind of having her last little bit of lucidness before she slips back, Weber and her are talking about the life that they could have had. And that's just like all of those things together. This is a moment where I really appreciate Kelsey, your, your insight to this and like what you've seen, because you're obviously committing this long-term memory in a way that I'm not yet able to. So this, this exact conversation, I just, I love, and I'm glad we were able to have that, but yeah, that's just me. That's just me. And I, and I'm, I'm really glad that all of you as listeners are able to hear this as well, because these are callbacks that we get to have <laughs> that how many people do you know in your life have never seen Grey's Anatomy or like are choosing to and going through this journey with you. So thank you for being here is what I'm trying to say. Yes. And uh, hopefully some of our listeners can do this as well. I know one of our people who found us through the miles episode had commented and said that she is rewatching and her boyfriend, she's having him watch and it's his first time watching. So she's like in a similar situation. That we're, Love what that. We're doing. So, so glad that you found this podcast. I feel like it's like a perfect journey to take along with you. Yeah. Um, for the next 82 years. Um, so yeah, Richard and, and Meredith, there's just so much to unpack there. And I think this episode does a really good job. And I love the moment where they're scrubbing in and she's like, asked the question about the surgery and she's like, follow up question. Why can't you look at me? And he's like, you're imagining it. Blah, blah, blah. And then he, you know, I like that he calls her in and is like, you weren't, you know, I'm, I like that. He said, you know, if I thought sorry would mean anything to you, I'd say it a thousand times I'd say it every day, whatever. Um, it's hard. Cause there are just times when you're like, like, I am sorry, but so what? Like, yeah, I'm sorry. But like, what does that do for you? I've destroyed your childhood. So sorry doesn't mean anything. Right. You know, like it's complicated. Cause it's like, yeah, I do want people to apologize. But at the same time, I'm like, so fucking what if you're sorry? I, I get it, and I think it's a really good moment. It's a really good speech. I think it shows who who he is and the way he thinks. But I'm also someone who hates the phrase, it goes without saying. Like, just say it. Even if it means I nothing, also just say it. Saying. Also, people always say it before they say it. They yeah. say, it goes without saying, and then says the thing. Absolutely. Hate it's that. It's like, okay. So it I, <laughs> I say the phrase, you know that phrase, it goes without saying, I hate that. I would like to say what you think goes without saying. And then I say the thing and it's incredible and everyone loves it. So, I mean, it's like when Derek's like, this is me saying, I'm sorry. No, it's not. No. You saying, Hey, I fucked up and I'm sorry for it is saying, sorry. Yeah. Kelsey, this is me saying that you're right. I am. But also Thanks. you're right. <laughs> Um, you see how easy that was, everyone? So the the thing that was cool about this episode is this uh, Anatomy Jane is like kind of the center point. But at, like Weber's like, stop playing with this fucking doll, yeah, you like dumb mad. child. And she's like, well, no, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm onto something here. And she's like, let's take all the organs out one at a time, like Anatomy Jane. And Bailey's like, well, actually, yeah, that's that, that could that could work. Let's do that. Yeah. <laughs> like, and Han's like, I'm going to be a grumpy bitch about it. Yeah. That was that was an interesting like arc within the story because they said they kept saying what uh the the veins or the mm-hmm. arteries weren't weren't friable or they they were what was she they saying they were friable they it's were like friable. friable tissue means i think they're like not substantial like you can't like cauterize them back together or something oh. or, like the stitches are just going to like tear through them or something like they're weak yeah they're too damaged from 
being eaten alive by a tumor. Yeah. Yeah. They, so they, they're going through this period where they tell the family and they're like, well, can we just do more chemo? And Bailey's like, ab, I mean, you could, but it won't do shit. This is your only shot. And it's actually a pretty intense, uh, surgery because Bailey at one point is like, Hey, like we need to do this or else boom, gusher geyser is going to happen. And then it happens. But no, but Weber didn't drop the organs when they were in the container. That was good. <laughs> what a win. What a, what, how funny would that have been if Meredith was like, ah, you suck too, Whoa. Weber. Whoa. And then Dylan explodes again. And, and, uh, so yeah. And then, yeah, just in general, it all works out. Um, but they use the, the a human umbilical vein. Yes. Like, um, like from an umbilical cord of a baby is what I'm assuming that is. I, I'm assuming so. They just have umbilical veins laying I around. Guess you can donate them. I don't know. Really? Probably. Man. I know you can like store cord blood, so I think you could probably also donate it. What blood? Cord blood. The What's blood cord? in your umbilical cord. Oh, interesting. But it's very expensive to store. It's like thousands of dollars to store it. Because like what? people will store it. Um, and then like if your child gets sick or like gets a kind of cancer, they can use the stem cells from the child's cord blood to like uh, help make the most effective treatment. I'm glad that you said that because my next question was going to be what the fuck is cord blood for? So yeah, not just um, for vampires. That's really more for like, it's most useful. I want to say like before the age of like 15, like once a kid past 15, like the chances that they're going to need it is really slim. Um, so I guess maybe after that it's just donated. Like you can elect to donate it. I'm not sure. Interesting. I did not know that. Uh, this is something new that we learned today. But the umbil- the umbilical veins end up working. They say they they basically take all those veins and it all works and then it starts to pulse and Tori lives to fight another day. Yes, Tori lives. It's a good time. I like the scene where Bailey and um Han are talking together and she's like today you were not a world-class surgeon, heart surgeon. Mm-hmm. You were a pain in the ass. And we did do great today. We it wasn't that because of you. We on this side of the table did great. <laughs> yeah. Weber, me, Meredith Gray, and fucking Anatomy Jane kicked ass today. And Han, you just complained like a dumb a hole. Yeah. It's like we didn't do this because of you. We did it in spite of you. So thanks for, I guess, being here when we needed you. But also, like, thanks for being the absolute worst. And don't do it again. And also, don't take congratulations like all you did was make everyone's day more difficult she's like it wasn't even just me you literally made it and this is like one of my pet peeves in general when someone is super negative and constantly complaining but they never offer a solution and it's fine if you offer a solution and it doesn't end up being the one that works but like just coming forward and be like hey it really bothers me um when you do x y and z maybe instead we could try a b and c and maybe that's not what you end up going with, but at least you can like, like it's a jumping off point to like talk it through. Well, like Bailey even calls her out. She's like, well, what the everything. fuck is your, yes. your idea? What do you got, bitch? Yeah, Come she, on. She calls her out in the surgery and that's when Weber's like, get it together, figure it out. And then she calls her out after again, which I think are both necessary. But then again, I, to go back to your point, it is shitty that she's like, oh, go apologize. She tells Callie to apologize for Bailey because she was shitty to her. I'm like, no. You making me be in a bad mood doesn't mean you then need to go apologize to other people because I treated them poorly. Don't take out your yeah. anger in the wrong spot. 
if I if Jessica and I get in a fight and I punch someone on the street and I'm like, go go ask my wife for an apology. Yeah, arrest my wife for assault. Mm, yeah, no. officer. Yeah, it's yeah. annoying. But I think there's but, good resolution there, and I yeah. and I also I think that because and I'm I'm just remembering this in the moment. This is not in my notes. Bailey and Han have a very interesting relationship because, um. What was the surgery that that Bailey's like today? Like you saved someone's life, but also like her baby, her baby. It was but Han. Han didn't want to. No, Han kicked Bailey out because Bailey wanted to be in the surgery. Right. And hold right. His hand, and she was like, you might have saved my child's life. But if I never have to see you again, that'd be great. That's <laughs> right. That's right. I just remembered that. I was like, man, there, there's something else that has been kind of like a mm-hmm. tumultuous past for Bailey and Han. So, yeah. I think that there's respect there be, from a medical standpoint, but Han wasn't acting in a medical way. She was acting in a personal, personal way, obviously. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I feel anything else you want to talk about with Tori? Tori was kind of a, such a sweet character and an interesting family. Yes. Um, I think that was, I mean, those are like the main points on Tori's Tori surgery. She's obviously gone around again. She's been around a couple different hospitals, so she's coming here to hopefully find an answer. And luckily, they do, and they don't have to do chemo anymore. And you know, we love a we love a success story. No humans died in this one. Yeah, everyone loves a comeback story, just like Kim Kardashian. <laughs> I've been watching the new season, not the Kardashians. Okay, um, so. I feel like this is a good time to take a quick break for our uh, regional sponsors. Yeah, yeah, let's. Awesome. Uh, we will be back in one moment, and uh, we also will have some very exciting news when we get back. So take it away, sponsors. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. And we are back. Thank you, regional sponsors, for your wonderful words. And Kelsey, what comes after our what comes after our typical break here for our for our listeners? Now it is time for everybody's favorite segment, Living in Shondaland. Living in Shondaland! And this segment of Living in Shondaland is brought to you by officially one of our brand new sponsors, the meat stick, not a wiener. The okay. meat <laughs> stick. I want you to know that this is one of now my favorite things that I own because of all the smoking that I've been doing. You do like to smoke some meat. Yes. So, the meat stick, if you don't know what it is, it's a meat thermometer, Wi-Fi enabled meat thermometer. And I think when you're looking at, I know for me, we had family over for, uh, what just happened? Was it Memorial, Memorial Day? Memorial Day. Yes. I always get Memorial Day and Labor Day mixed up. Is that weird? Am I an idiot for that? No, because it's the beginning and the end of the summer. Oh, Okay. Uh, and I was frustrated because I'm so tired of like the thing that I like about the smoker is that I can do the briskets. I can do the pulled pork, but I'm tired of undercooking my fucking burgers. I can't get the timing of the burger, uh, done right. 
And we got uh, the meat stick in after Memorial Day. I wish we would have been able to get it in sooner. But um, the meat stick wireless meat thermometer is absolutely the solution. It's got a ton of advanced technology that you can achieve. The perfect meat dishes, uh, plural, because uh, we uh, also smoked some. I I cooked up some uh, fucking whatchamacallit. The, oh my gosh, bratwursts. Jessica's a big Mm. fan of the bratwursts. Love a good brat. Love a good brat. Um but you are able to achieve those perfectly every time and and you take full control of your cooking. And you and me, we love control on everything, don't we? That is correct. <laughs> it's maybe one of our best and worst qualities. Um, but the meat stick, it's the first smart wireless meat thermometer engineered with versatility and durability in mind to withstand almost, almost all ways of cooking. Um, don't throw it in an in a f- open flame. Um, I don't think it'll work just like that. Uh, but whether you're grilling, smoking, using a pellet grill, oven, uh, or even in the air fryer, which blows my mind, that's next on the list to try. The meat stick is versatile enough to master it all. The meat stick enables you to easily monitor your meat's temperatures during the cook through the uh, real-time data it provides on your phone to achieve steakhouse quality at home. Um, but yeah, no, I love this thing. Have you had a chance to to use yours yet, you and Michael? Yeah, because I have been craving a burger for a couple of days, so I made Michael cook me one on the... You and Jessica um, are grill. synced up right now. <laughs> I really wanted a burger. Um and so when I first came in, like Michael does a lot of the grilling um, and the smoking. And so when it first came in, I immediately like gave it to him and I was like, oh, what do you think? And he was like, this is really cool. Uh, he was really into the fact that it has like the four different spots where it's taking yeah. temperature. So it's not just taking temperature in the middle, which like because he does a lot of the really like long smokes, like overnight 12, 12, 16 hour smokes. So yeah. for him, it's like knowing more specifically what every point of the meat is at. It's like a really big draw. And then obviously like the app is convenient because you don't have to constantly be going in and out of the house and like checking on it. And, and op- when, you know, every time you open the smoker, it can like, it's going to let the heat out. So when you're eliminating that, it's going to make your life easier. So obviously with summer coming up, it's big grill time. We have father's day coming up. If your dad is a grill dad, go ahead and grab him the meat stick. It's uh, going to be something that he's going to use and enjoy. And if you are a grill grill fiend, go ahead and grab it for yourself. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. The Treat next yourself. thing I make your friends some meats. Yeah. The next, the next thing I have on the list, did Jessica tell you that she bought me a, uh, a gas grill this weekend, like on a Memorial day sale? No, she did not. Oh my so, god, I can't believe she gave in. Yeah, well, it was su- it was like one hundred ninety nine bucks. It was like I not bad she's at all. Next, she's gonna fucking show up with a blackstone. <laughs> I'm sick of you people. Um, this was you her- get your way. So wow, okay. <laughs> um, but uh, so she she's really been craving a couple of steaks. So I I got some steaks. I'm gonna throw them on and I'm gonna use it. Uh, so we're recording right now Saturday, but tomorrow, Sunday night, is going to be our grill night for steak. So um, I'm thinking I might do, like, I might try to just, like, uh, I'm going to see if I can get different temperatures on it, right? Like, obviously, I'm, mm-hmm. I I don't, I could just stick it in there and leave it just like we do for the smoking meats, right? Like, which is what we were doing. Um, I have yet to be able to put it on the open flame grill, which I'm very excited for. So next week, I'll make sure to have an update on that, but... There's also tons of tutorial videos on the app. The like really? walk you through I how to use it through. on different different things. Yeah. Oh, so if you download the snap. app, um, it'll tell you all different kinds of things. And I think it has recipes on there as well. So well, there's it worked. It. 
it worked. It seemed like it had like this pinpoint accuracy because it was able to get into the middle of these burgers the other day on on the on the Traeger, and it worked out great. Um, but I'm I'm gonna have to like figure out how to get the best angle inside of the stakes at that because with the with the Traeger it comes with the corded one that goes into yeah. the the machine and you just kind of plug it in there and you leave it in there. Um, the burgers with the way that I was I was trying to press them it worked out great with the meat stick and it got me the, the right temperature and there was no pink in the middle. Jessica likes her burgers. Well done. Uh, I do too, actually, but I don't like my steaks. Well done. So I'm, I'm, I'm curious to see how I'm able to get the, the steaks to be at different temperatures. Cause I want it more of that, that, uh, medium rare. And she wants hers closer on the, the well done side with a little teeny tiny bit. I know I'm getting the, the look of disgust from Kelsey on that. Not for me. Yeah. We kindly, but firmly ask them to leave. <laughs> Uh, but I want to do a tomahawk. I want to get a tomahawk steak and see if I can like grill it with the meat stick in there and then do a sear on the on the charcoal grill. Ooh, That's have you I ever think. done a reverse sear? Look it up. It's cool. I have done a reverse sear. I'm not good at it yet. Mm. It's definitely a learning curve, I think. It's like a long process. Have you guys Complex. ever done sous vide cooking with your steaks? No. I don't know how I feel about it, but it, it, you know what it is, right? You know what, you know what the sous vide cooking is? No. Have you heard of that? No. It's it's basically like you wrap the steak in like a saran wrap and then you put it in water and it cooks it evenly throughout. No, thanks. I yeah. like a grill. <laughs> well, but then you take it and then you sear it on the grill if you wanted to. I'm not saying that I want to do that, but it's it's very interesting. And a lot of these uh, these cooking shows that I've seen recently are doing sous vide cooking so that it's all the consistent temperature, which I get, but I don't love. But... Anyways, very excited to use this meat stick. I've used it on the burgers and the brats, and it seems to do uh, really good on the temperature. Uh, next up is going to be the steaks, which I'll have an update on that for you guys. And then going to do a brisket with this bad boy. So very excited. Anyways, you can get your very own meat stick through the link in our link tree on our Instagram bio or the episode description for this episode. Yes. So we appreciate all of you guys listening and we appreciate the meat stick for being the named sponsor for living in Shondaland. And with that, Kelsey, what are the number of men and women we have in this episode? So I can start guessing them. We have one man and one woman. Well, shit. I was actually expecting <laughs> there'd be more. I did. I also thought there would be more. Because there was like other crash victims. The family was huge. Yeah, it's just I, the family. I thought the family was going to be like, because there were so many of them. But alas. So my my guess for the woman is the grandma. Nope. Damn it. Okay, I'm out. So for the woman, it's Michelle, which is the dad. And then um, the man is Uncle Pat. So Wait, Sheila stop. Shaw. You said Michelle is the dad? No, Michelle is the mom. So sorry. Michelle's okay. the mom. Got and it. And then the guy is Uncle Pat. Who's like looking in the room at one point, just kind of like leering in on that, mm-hmm. the, the waiting room area. Has no speaking yeah. lines? I think so. Okay. All right. I think he might actually talk in the, when they're first meeting. I'm not positive. Anyway, so it doesn't matter. Sheila Shaw plays Michelle. She is in two episodes of Scandal. Chet Grissom plays Uncle Pat. He was in one episode of Scandal and two episodes of How to Get Away with Murder. Have you finished Scandal yet? No, but it oh is God, bananas right now. Oh my gosh. So Cyrus is currently in jail. But 
the storyline seems to not be resolved because he's trying to write a letter to Tom and Tom is just insane. Tom used to be so cool and now he's just a fucking maniac. Secret Service Tom? Secret Service Tom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there a different Tom? Is there another no, Tom? I just can't get. Okay, listen. I'm really heavy into Scandal right now, so I have Tom Schwartz and Tom Sandoval to deal with. Okay, I can't also remember Scandal, which I have not watched in like five years. What okay? is Scandal? I explained it to you on Patreon. Scandal. Vanderpump Rules. Yes. There's Tom Schwartz yes. and Tom Sandoval and Ariana and Raquel. Yes. 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 This is the important Patreon content you guys are missing. I know. <laughs> I need to. Vanderpump Rules to Carmen. I need to. Wa- I told Jessica that I need to watch the reunion episode. So there's two parts have been coming out and the third one is coming out this Wednesday. And that's the one that's, that's with all the drama. And it is. <sighs> I need to watch it with no context and see what happens. So spicy. So spicy. Okay. Remember, remember Tiger King? Remember Love I is Blind? I, <laughs> I wish I didn't. Remember too hot to ta- too hot to handle. I didn't watch those. I watched the circle and I watched Tiger King. The circle those I didn't my, watch. I watched Tiger the first King. one. I didn't watch any of the other ones. I know there's been like five seasons, but I watched the first one and I liked it. I I was like, I'm good. I don't need another one. Yeah, I would watch another. I'd watch another episode of Tiger. I might just rewatch Tiger King and just nope. bring back the nostalgia. No, once was enough. <laughs> okay, once was more than enough. Okay, let's talk about the pigs. Let's talk about Owen Hunt. Fuck these. This was wild. This was crazy. Yeah. Um, so obviously there is an ongoing debate in this episode between many different parties of um, the use of quote unquote live tissue and animals as live tissue um, to do research. Obviously, yes, Christina learns an immense amount and it's not like she didn't read it in a book. She did it. Um, things that, you know, she probably would never have gotten to do on a person that came into the, to the ER. Um, I, I see, I think I see both sides. I am conflicted. I'm, I'm not, I'm not against Izzy's point in this episode. Izzy makes a lot of good points. Um, there have also been a lot of medical advancements because of research and testing done on animals, um, specifically like vaccines and stuff. So I don't know. It's definitely not black and white. And I, but I understand why people feel so passionately about both. And, um, in the blog post that the writer for this episode wrote, he said they had talked to surgeons, um, about this practice. And he had talked to one specifically who said she had done a specific heart procedure on a pig. And then the next day seen an, an incident in the ER where she had to do the exact same procedure. Um, that's intense. So yeah, he was like there. They obviously, they talked a lot about it and they brought in professionals to talk a lot about it when they wrote the episode. Um, and they went back and forth, but you know, it's, it's a fair debate. I don't think it's black and white. I don't think you're ever going to have all of people agreeing on one, one side or the other. It's hard as like an animal lover to, to know that that happens, but it's also like for the sake of science. Um, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. Yeah. And there's, there's this interesting, um, there's a scene that I really like with Izzy and Derek where Izzy's like, we took the oath. It's do no harm. And that includes animals. And Derek's like, Nope, it's, um, just, 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 just people. So I do think it's important to know that, but 
was what Owen, it's Owen, right? Owen Hunt? Yeah. Is what Owen did to these pigs humane? No. But does it help humans? Yes. So, yeah, absolutely. It's it's uh, a gray area. Um, obviously, there's a lot of medical advancement that's happened from it. And I'm okay with that medical advancement because it's going to keep me alive. So, but, I mean, ultimately, he has a lot of good points, too. If it's like, hey, these pigs were under. They were under anesthesia. They felt no pain. And then Izzy said, you don't know what they were thinking or how scared they were. Ah, yeah. Izzy, I don't know about I don't know about that. Well, I mean, there are points to be made specifically with pigs. Like, they are very intelligent. Like, that yeah. is, again, like, what she said to the point of, like, science. She's like, that's not me being emotional. That's just, like, a fact. I'm yeah. like, yeah, pigs are specifically, like, made to be, like, very intelligent. But we also, like, eat a lot of bacon. So, I don't know. <laughs> Did you, there's, not to, like, go down a, a gigantic rabbit hole, but there was this article that I was reading about how in Spain they're creating the first ever, um, octopus farm and there's a lot of ethical ramification of this because octopus octopi are considered to be one of the smartest non they have like eight brains yeah um they're one of the smartest non-primate animals in the world and it's i don't know there's just animal animal welfare in general there's a lot of really interesting gray area there's a lot of science that comes about it i understand as i get older and as time goes on about why people become vegans or vegetarians back Mm -hmm. as opposed like in high school i was like that's so fucking dumb why would you do that i was a bit of an a-hole also in high school so (laughs) forgive me but i get it i understand it there's also an article that i read that 800 million trees were just chopped down in the amazon because the world needed more beef farms right so like i don't know there's a lot of human and animal conversations around this. And I'm not going to get on my soapbox, uh, but because I do consume beef, I just talked about it with the meat stick. (laughs) I do consume bacon. I love bacon. Sometimes I'll eat just a whole package of bacon. My insides I'm sure are terrible. Uh, But yeah, anyways, so back, back back to the conversation. I was shocked when he stabbed the (laughs) shit out of them. I did not expect that at all. I thought that they were um, dead pigs that they were dissecting. I did not think that they were alive. When yeah, I said he, live I mean, tissue, like, yeah, I, I wasn't really, I, I didn't grasp what that meant. Yeah, um, it does seem like very performative that he's like stabbed them in front of them. Um, but I guess they have to be like, uh, they've just been wounded, so treat them immediately. Uh, I don't know, it's it's a lot. I mean, and Izzy is immediately like, I'm not doing this, which is her right. And I, I feel like he does the big speech where he's like, if you're not into working with live tissue, leave now. And then he lets her leave, but then he harasses her all day. Yeah, it was a bit. So uh, it's contradictory. like pick a side. Um, like, yes, you can say that they have been used to make these advancements. However, her point being like, well, they've also like seen issues because of it. So like, um, it is what it is. It's, it's hard to watch. I don't love it, but again, it's obviously I know they're fake. Um, but still it makes me sad, <laughs> but, um, did you watch this one live when it came out? Yeah, I remember at the beginning when that thing came up, I was like, why would they put that in here? Okay, that's what I was going <laughs> to ask is, is was it there live? Okay. Yeah, it was. I was like, why did they say that? And then I was like, this is why. Um, you know, it's a strong introduction to the character of Owen Hunt. 
And I think that's, you know, whether you love it or hate it, it's a strong stance and that it paints a clear picture of like who this person is. But also, um, there's the whole like aspect of he, at the same time, like we see him give Izzy so put so much pushback, but the second he gets pushed back from Derek and Mark, he's like, okay, well like, how would you have done it? Like, I, I want to learn, like I, this is a different field for me. Like I'm used to being a surgical doctor in the army. Like it's a very different order of like prioritization and like the way that you, um, treat people and how you do it. And like what you're looking for is different than here. Like trauma is trauma, but I need to know how we do it here. So it's just kind of like an interesting character that we see for him. I like him. Um, I don't like that he ruffled feathers with Mark and Derek. And also for anyone that um, listens to the Miles episode, we I, I was fortunate enough to just kind of pop in and introduce myself before Kelsey and him started recording. And he asked me who my favorite current character was. And just so you guys know, as it stands right now in this exact moment, season five, episode six, it's Mark. Mark has had a really good arc and I really appreciate who he is. So I think... I was a little bit defensive when he was tangoing with, with Mark and Derek, right. And their bromance, but Mm -hmm. it really, he wasn't, he wasn't being a dick. He was just saying, I, I'm doing the trauma piece. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. I'm teaching trauma. trauma. I'm not trying to teach them, uh, neuro. That's your job. I'm teaching them trauma. So So that's like when, when he's like, what would you have done? And they give like a snarky answer. He's like, no, like medically, what would you have done? Yeah. Cause I, I like have to that teach people in this job. I need to know what to do so I can do it the best I can, which it is. It goes back to like number 12 thing, like um, finding people who are willing to learn how to be the best teachers is what is going to get you those higher number spots in like the quote unquote teaching hospital rankings and whatever. Yeah. It so, was. Yeah. And then we have this scene where, so the, the, him and the Christina dynamic was also very interesting in this episode mm-hmm. because he purposefully acts like he doesn't know her name. He says, she says, Christina, he calls her Christine and she goes, Christine, uh, uh, <laughs> but then you get like this resolution towards the end. And I'm really yeah. gl- glad that Christina asked. And he's like, I, I didn't, I knew you before. And yeah. then I went on this mission and there were 20 people. And 19 of them died. I was the yeah. one. There's yeah. clearly some PTSD that's 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 Absolutely. going on there. And I'm hoping, I'm really excited to see how his character ends up dealing with this because it's it's going to come out. Something is going to happen and it's going to explode and then he's going to be forced to deal with it is what my guess mm-hmm. is. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's a heartbreaking story to be like, you know, last time we saw him, he was like, oh, I'm going back on tour again. And he goes out and then this has been like four episodes. We saw him in this the first and second episode. We are now on the sixth episode. So in three episodes, which I don't know, in Gray's time has probably somehow been both three days and three months. Um, he has gone back to Iraq, gone through this horrific ordeal, um, been discharged, come back to Seattle and gotten hired um, by Weber to be head of trauma. So he's on a roller coaster. Um, I, again, I like the explanation cause it does seem like you're like, Oh, are you just pretending not to know her? Like what a dick move, but that was my first thought. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That is how it seems for sure. Um, but I, again, I, I agree. I like that she asks, she's like, you seriously 
don't remember. And he's like, this was before I now have to live in this after. And those are like different points. I think a lot of people definitely have moments like that, that are like so defining and life changing. Um, and for him, it's, you know, unfortunately this like horrific event. So, and that's coming from someone who did they, did they mention how many tours he was on before they met? I think so. I think they maybe said three, but I don't remember for sure. So like this guy has seen death. He's experienced death, but now he's experienced saving private Ryan beaches of Normandy like death. And it's changed him. And he was very honest with Christina. He wasn't mean. He was just very matter of fact. He said, I'm, I'm a new person. I, I knew you before this. I'm a new person. Also, now. it's different to go to like a post battle and like find wounded people versus being caught in the middle of an yes, ambush when yes. you are a medical doctor. I mean, obviously, like we are not in the military. I don't know much of the reality of it. I only know like what is portrayed in shows and movies. Um, but that's not the same thing. Like it's not, I don't know. It's just like terrible, terrible to imagine that anyone would be put in that scenario. And unfortunately it is the reality for a lot of people, but we appreciate people who put themselves in, in both of those scenarios. Absolutely. So Um, so within this, do you want to talk a little bit about like how Christina did in this particular storyline and and how she dealt with Babe and Wilbur and being, the only person because um obviously Meredith is with Bailey Izzy is like fuck this I'm not doing it um and then the trauma comes the car crash comes in and Hunt takes George and Alex down yeah. to deal with that and he's like just keep the pigs alive and so I think this is a decent uh opportunity for her because like obviously at the end he goes over the list of like all the things that she's able to do and learn but i do think she also like yes she's still like her rude abrasive self but it does seem like she's teaching her interns a lot at the same time um really good christina teacher episode Yeah, yeah she really has them involved she's like yes she's like name calling and like being rude but she is also like doing the teaching and like telling them what to do and they are also being hands on with the pig um so it is a great learning learning opportunity and learning moment for all of them. Also, she has a new intern. There's just like a one-off, like he, they mentioned, she's like, who are you? And he's like, I'm your new intern. She's like, I'll name you 4.2. Um, that was hilarious. so funny. Um, so yeah, I mean, she ends up keeping them all alive. Obviously they go through various stages of near death and they save all of the pigs. Um, she gives Owen the update on all of them and he's like, cool, kill them. And then she just like just walks away. She doesn't say anything. She just looks at she's like, what? He's like, kill them. And she just walks out, which I feel like is a fair reaction. Yeah. She's like, I just spent a full day fighting, fighting to keep these pigs alive. Um, And he does explain to her, he's like, to keep them alive would be inhumane. Like they don't understand the healing and the recovery from these injuries. So like they would be in constant pain. Like if you are a human, you can comprehend, like it can be explained to you. Like you had to have this surgery because someone stabbed you and you are going to be fine. But like, it is going to hurt for a long time before you're fine. Like a pig doesn't know that they're just going to be in pain. Yeah. So a dog doesn't even understand a neuter or a spaying surgery. You can't right. communicate. Pigs are smart, but they just got stabbed yeah. in a yeah. hospital. Right. Yeah. The irony. They don't know. 
Yeah. So, um, you know, and Lexi kind of comes to her and she's like, they'll suffer. Like we have to do this because otherwise they'll suffer. Here's my thing. I'm like, Owen, you do it. Right. Because yeah. mainly because they did fight so hard to keep them alive. That's my thing. I'm like, you fucking do it. Because it's there's no like lesson in that. <laughs> yes, the lesson in keeping them I'm alive saying. makes sense. I get that. Yeah. The lesson in them needing to die makes sense. Mm-hmm. But the lesson in making Christina do the do the killing, there's no yeah. lesson there. It's just cruel. No. Yes, I agree. Um, so I'm like, if you're going to do it, if you're going to be the, the one like um, championing, 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 championing. Jesus championing this like we're going to use live tissue then like you need to be the one to take ownership of you know the repercussions of what that means at the end of the day in my opinion yeah yeah I agree um but there I to your point I do like the moment where he he has a reason for everything that he's done right like he's able he's been able to very articulately walk people through Mm -hmm. it would be unfair to keep them alive Yes. And inhumane. Yeah, totally. Uh, This is why you need to use human skin glue. This is why you need to do X, Y, and Z. Um, So, yeah, I like like him as a character. He seems very intriguing, very dynamic. Um, I I don't, to your point, love that he kind of, like, rags on Izzy all episode. Yeah. Because we get this one point where she's basically, like, hunt... You have no idea, and I, I don't agree with what she said, but what she had said was that you don't understand the emotional state that they're going through, the, the fear they have, whatever. You couldn't possibly know because science is telling us this. Yeah. Um, the, the thing that I have, the beef with this, is that you're telling me I'm less of a doctor for saying we have yeah. technology, we should be using it. We don't have mm-hmm. to do it this way. And I, I yeah. think that she brings a really good point to that. What were, what were your thoughts on that conversation? Um, I also had noted that specifically solely because Catherine Heigl's delivery of that monologue is so good. So good. When she's like, we don't have to do this. This is a choice. And you don't need to tell me that I'm less of a doctor for feeling the way that I feel. And like, I feel like that's a fair point. Like the whole, like there's, again, this is not black and white. I feel like through the end of time, as long as there is science and there is like medical research being done, there are always going to be very good arguments to be made for both sides of this. And people are going to feel very strongly for both sides. And that's fine. That is their right. That is their experience. People are going to feel that way. And to Izzy's point, there is other technology that she can use to learn things on. Yes, it is different. However, it is still like she is still going to do her best to learn and watch and like uh, implement it when she can with patients. Yeah. Um, but, But I really liked when she was like, don't tell me I'm less of a doctor because of it because it's also because of owen's history in the army and like seeing like being surrounded by so much like basically just carnage and death he is quite possibly going to be less affected by that i'm not saying for sure that's going to be everyone's case i feel like that's how they're portraying this character like a very Um, callous kind of like matter of necessarily like not cold but like yeah but like just less like you would have to be yeah, in that it, to be like functioning in that scenario, I feel like you you wouldn't be able to be like so I, like like again the theme of the episode is like taking things personally, quote unquote. So like yeah. you, he's you, seeing those pigs as tools, not pigs. 
Yeah. And Izzy's exactly. seeing them as pigs, not as tools. As live tissue. Exactly. Like, he can separate it from being a living animal. Right. right. And she doesn't. And that's fine. They're, again, both valid points. Um, and that's one of the things I really didn't like on the Owen side, again, is just, like, the harping on it and, like, trying to change her mind. Like, don't give the opportunity to not do the skills lab and then, like, harass her all day about not doing it. Yeah, especially because, to your point from earlier, and I think this is kind of the last thing that I wanted to, to say on this and circle back to, because when Derek and Mark are like, dude, you can't do this shit. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, well, tell me tell me how to be better. And he didn't yeah. take that time to like say, okay, Izzy, I hear what you're saying, but this is how I can make you better. Mm-hmm. So obviously it's different because he was getting, he was giving the pushback. But when he received it, he kind of flipped that switch. So who knows if Izzy would have actually said, well, why do you need to do this? Or I disagree with you. And he would be like, okay, well, how would you do it differently? Right. He didn't actually ever take that time to give that conversation. So, um, but yeah, I basically what I'm trying to say, everyone is I'm very excited. I don't know how long Owen Hunt is going to be in the show. It could be one episode. It could be 100 episodes. I don't know. It could be 300 it could be so all the way episodes. through season 19. But that's the beauty of this podcast is I don't fucking know. It so, will never end. Yeah. So anything else on, on that? That's The, the, the Owen storyline is, is, is a cool storyline. I, I liked it. Yeah. Um, so I think the only thing really left to touch on is like the Lexi and George. At the end of the last episode, she was well, upset is he that he in- didn't. Is oh, right. Izzy and Izzy Alex, and, Alex. Oh, right. and then also there's a little bit of um, Derek and Meredith. Uh, like minimal. Like minimal. they find diaries. They find the diaries. <laughs> that's it, right? Like that's it. They like don't interact other than that. That's fair. And we're moving on. <laughs> Next <laughs> topic, sir. Whoa, big box of diaries. <laughs> uh, okay. He so did look I'm, like he found a dead body in that fucking box. Yeah, he was. Well, because he was, last time he found a diary, she was like ready to shoot him in the foot. So, I mean, fair reaction on his part. Honestly, he's like, "Dear God, it's a whole box of these diaries." He's like, "He's like, don't look now, Meredith. The diaries are here to kill you." Okay. Oh, um, that was so but, also, you guys can't see this because we're not on camera, but. Kelsey just makes really funny faces when her shocked face is always, it's just classic. I am very expressive. Yes. <laughs> I make goober faces all the time. Um, one day we'll record these and you'll be able to watch us be goobers on the internet. Yeah. yeah. But, um, okay. So at the end of last episode, Lexi's mad at George because he didn't ask her or he didn't request that she be one of his interns. Now we as viewers know that she has feelings for him. Um, he takes it as just a, like, she's mad because they're friends. He still is fucking clueless that she's like in love with him. So that's fun. Um, and then they, at the beginning of the episode, there's like a quick moment where she's ignoring him and he's like, you have to talk to me eventually. And she's like, no, I don't. And he's like, yes, you do. It's a back and forth. Then they have no interaction the whole episode. And then at the end of the episode, he gets home and she's like made him macaroni and cheese as a peace offering to be like, I take things personally. I named all the pigs. I don't know what that means. Um, And so that was funny to me when she's like, I named the pigs today. And he's like, I don't know what that means. And she says, I take things personally. I get emotionally involved. Like, that's not fair. I like all this stuff, which is a fine resolution. Annoying that it's, we know she still has feelings for him, whatever. It's fine. Whatever. 
and all what he fucking says well f- i'll get to the my, my initial thoughts in a second but all he says in response to all of that and we know as so audience this is so much better than that frozen mac and cheese but also let me just tell you if you've never had the merry calendars frozen wheels mac and cheese you have not fucking lived okay i'm gonna say Marie that calendar whatever it is i thought it was merry calendar i thought it was i-e m-a-r-i-e Marie. Marie. Okay, whatever it is. But you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. I don't like it that much. Here's my thing. She, what? He is acting like boxed mac and cheese is equivalent to the Jessica made from scratch homemade mac and cheese, which is like life alteringly incredible. Right. Craft mac and cheese is fine. The powder. But it's not it's as good. powder. No, it's I. Not cheese. But I. Yeah, no, that ain't. That not ain't like cheese. That Velveeta. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's real cheese that good good real block of cheese that sits on the dry section at your jewel or your kroger or your pub Publix. Publix. yeah gosh i would kill someone for a public sub right now chicken tendy pub sub so good so in the beginning of the episode so they're going back and forth and and what what george says was something to the effect of like i reject your rejection and then they, they're going back and forth. They're yelling at each yeah. other as they're walking different directions. And then here's the thing. Meredith goes, um, I don't reject you, George. And I had, I, I had to write down. <laughs> I wrote down. Well, yeah. What you should have said is, I don't reject you anymore, George. I spent two full seasons doing that. I'm over it. I'm done rejecting you, you dumb piece of garbage. <laughs> like I don't reject you today. Yeah. Yeah. Like, fuck. And I just have to remind myself that, she that he spent two seasons being the dumbest possible version of himself and she mm-hmm. rejected him daily. Yeah. Now that he's over Meredith, he's a much better person and he is a yeah. good character. And now that we're done with Izzy and Callie and his dad died. George alone is probably the best George we can get. Yeah, this is the best. This is the best version of George. Although I, I do believe that George and Lexi together would be a good would be a good combination. We'll see. It's gonna we'll happen. See what happens. It's gonna happen. Um, Anything else okay, with George so and Lexi for Izzy you? Izzy and Alex. Okay, yeah. Izzy and Alex. Perfect. Izzy and Alex. Um. So, uh, what what did you think at first when Alex is like, "Are we fucking other people?" I knew what he was doing. You knew what he was doing. Yeah. Because yeah. I would do the same shit. I'd be like, so like, are we, are we like, am I getting blowjobs from other girls or like what? Like, I feel that's, like it's not that much of a reach. It's like, not. If he was an ass, ever, but like. If you've ever interacted with like a young person, probably man, who hasn't been in a lot of like long-term relationships, like, and this, it's clearly stems from a fear of rejection like he doesn't want to put himself out there and be vulnerable and have her be like no fuck you i don't want that so he's posing it in this other way like obviously it's like to her point barbarian like that's how it feels yeah yeah um and he even tries to do it again god bless him he needs help um he's precious in his own twisted way yeah but i like the mirror of like him watching Owen ask Mark and Derek be like wait tell me what to do then so then he then goes to Izzy and he's like tell me what to do then (laughs) so I don't know yeah it's it's sweet it's It's sweet at the root of what he's trying to do it's sweet how he executes is not sweet he's a bit of a dick I get it 
Um, but the thing is, is like, I'm sure Alex, because <laughs> multiple times he just throws these, these other girls in Izzy's face. He's like, oh, yeah, man, this one girl, she thinks I got a sweet ass. Oh, this girl, we're going on a date tonight. We're definitely going to bone. And yeah. he's in his own fucked up way, giving her chances to be like, no, don't do that. I want to be with you. And then at the end, yeah. he is like, I just want to know if you're all in. Like, that's what I'm trying yeah. to figure out is if you're all in. Uh, but like, he doesn't say he's all in. He just asks the question. So I guess that's his way of letting us know that he's all in on Izzy, which look at her. It makes sense. I get it. Uh, especially her hair at the end. My gosh. Um, I need to go watch the ugly truth because I just love her. Um, and also I love Gerard Butler, but yeah, it's, it's sweet. I get it. I'm happy for them. I think I predicted that they're not going to get together, but I am wrong clearly in that (laughs) prediction. Every once in a while I get a wrong prediction. I will let it slide. Once every five minutes. Uh, so yeah, at the end, She's like, do you want to go study with me? He's like, yeah, I mean, whatever, if that's what you want. <laughs> like, it's yeah. it's a cute moment for the two of them. I like, this is the first time that we've seen Alex have a, we're in a relationship conversation with anybody. Because even when he was like, whatever, with Ava Rebecca, he was also fucking Lexi on the side. And he was fucking Olivia. And he was fucking Izzy. And he's fucking Addison. Like, it's just like so much. This is the first time that we've seen him. And again, he initiated that question. So he wants it. He wants to be with her, like alone with her, like yeah. just the two of them together. So it's sweet. It's cute. We love to see it. Um, I mean, you don't because you said explicitly you were sick of it, but that's fine. <laughs> now that it's happening, though, I just love love and I'm a sucker for it. His heart mm-hmm. wants to have sex with her heart and it's incredible. And I'm just happy for them. Whatever happens, they are hopefully going to be better people for it. And... Yeah. You know, maybe they get married and they leave the show together. I don't know. I literally just <laughs> he don't literally know. doesn't know. <laughs> um, so, OK, let's rate the episode and then I'll have you predict so many things. I give this episode a fellow even 4.0. Um, I say 4.2. I don't know why. I just like it. It's a good one. I really like the Weber, like the unfolding of the Weber um like just the backstory and how he feels about it. Um, I love the Mark of it all. We love the Mark. Love Mark. He's such a precious angel baby and he's so, so pretty. Um, You know, we have Owen being introduced, which is just a big, like it's a shakeup. You know, it's been a long time since we've had a new character introduced. That wasn't yeah, like the, the interns, last, obviously. I think the last like kind of main character that we've we've established was Han, right? Like Han is the newest. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. We had get, gotten her as a cameo before she was established. Yeah. Um and then Yeah, I like it. It's just a good, you know, Lexi's It's so funny cuz I really I really remember hating Lexi watching this when it was on and I'm like watching it now I'm like She's Why not did terrible. I hate her when she first showed up. Like, I mean, she like has moments where she's a little annoying, but like, I don't know why I hated her so much when I watched this the first time. I don't know. I really but can't you, remember. Like, you also didn't hate Han when you watched her the first time, or did you not like Han? I did. I did hate Han a lot, but for sure because of how she was with Christina. That makes Christina's sense. Christina's always been my my number one. Um, 
so yeah. Um, okay. So let's well, hold anything on, you want to add before yeah. we do predictions. Yeah. I was just going to say for me, I, I think there was a lot of shock factor with how Owen handled the pigs, which I think bumped it up a notch. Um, also I, I just seriously, every time I think of that Weber and Bailey conversation on the helipad, I just think of Kobe and Kanye West. Um, in that commercial. And so, yeah, no, I, a really good episode. Everything else that you said, exact same reasons. And I'm very curious about what happens next. So what do you want me to predict? Um, I'm going to nail it. I'm going to get a hundred percent on all of these predictions here. Like okay, always. So I think last episode you had said that Callie and Erica were going to be like together the whole season. And it was just going to be like a season of like discovery for them in their relationship. Um, so I just wanted to see if you had any changes on that or you think that's staying the course. I think it's going to stay the course. This. Yeah. Um, I think if Han would have caught Callie and Mark boning, it would not be the case. But the fact that Callie came out and told Han about it and she's like, okay, all right. I, it gives me hope. So it's going to continue to be discovery. I think all of season five, they're going to be together. Okay. I'm doubling um, down on that. Anything for Lexi and George? I still think that they're going to get to a point where they're in a relationship. I don't know what it's going to be, but there's no one else who's been established. Because you got you to think of the characters on the show. Either they're going to mm-hmm. bring someone else in, uh, but everyone else is kind of like love, love, uh, matched right now you've got weber and adele obviously bailey is married Derek and uh meredith alex and izzy george would make sense with lexi uh you've got uh, owen and christina are going to kind of go on this interesting journey i don't see owen and lexi that makes zero sense to me so all of the characters on the show and i don't think mark and and any of them um that that wouldn't make sense so I think that if we're going off of who's available in the show, the romance connection is there naturally. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I still think there's going to be something happening to your point though. People can be platonic friends. I just don't mm -hmm. think that this show is going to let that happen. It's a drama. Well, yeah. Cause I was thinking, I was like, Oh, well, Callie and Mark are platonic, but like I would even classify them as platonic before this point and they've been having sex so like that there's like not a word for what they are it's very strange to me friends with benefits i don't feel like that's i don't know i just like feel like it's so like transactional in a way i don't know it's very hard to explain i i love their friendship i just think it's like a league of its own in a way yes and marilyn monroe not marilyn monroe who the fuck is that madonna madonna and rosie o'donnell aren't even in that league of their own Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um okay so uh what else was I going to ask you to predict? Um, oh, Owen and Christina. I, I think there's going to be something there. When Christina said that she can't get involved with another attending, mm-hmm. she's setting herself up to get involved with another attending. Yeah, that's like the nail in the coffin. Yeah, it's going to happen. It's gonna I can't happen. do X, Y, and Z. That's like when you say, like, I promise they're going to live. <laughs> yeah. I also, I don't, I never felt like Christina and Burke was a leapfrog thing, the way that they were trying to paint it with what's, what's that guy's name? Uh, Marlo, Colin Marlo. Oh, Colin Marlo. Yeah. That was weird. I didn't, I didn't feel like that was part of her character. And with Owen, she was really the first kind of guy that gave her butterflies since Burke. So I, I, 
I think that they set that up in a cool way, but it's going to be dependent on how Owen deals with his PTSD. So I do think that there's going to be a relationship there. I don't know what it's going to look like, uh, but I, I feel good about them being together eventually. Okay. Um, and then, uh, let's see. We did Lexi and Meredith. Do you have a general Meredith prediction? Like they just found the giant box of diaries. Does it, I don't know. I think, I think they're going to use the diaries as a translator to what they want her to tackle in therapy. Mm -hmm. But it's going to be used sporadically. It's not, it's going to be a common theme throughout this season, but it's not going to be like, like I would have been okay with a whole episode of it's just Meredith looking through this diary and her reflecting on it, but it's not going to be the case. It's going to be a a more subplot. It's not going to be at the front but it's not going to send her into a spiral. She's already gotten through one of the diaries. I think there's going to be a lot of closure that she finds that actually she brings back to a more positive relationship aspect with Derek. Um, okay. And then, Oh, there was one more I was going to ask. Cyrus Bean yeah. comes and kills Weber. Um, yeah, I don't know if I have anything else. I feel like we've touched on the major, the major points for this one. Major points. Nice. Major Owen Hunt. Major Owen Hunt points. Lexi, Callie. Oh, Izzy and Alex. They, they're going to get married. It's my, it's my prediction. Next episode. No, (laughs) by season 19, they'll get married. Uh, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I have such a hard time. I don't feel like anyone in this, in this show is at their end game when it comes to relationships. Ah, fuck. They're going to, they're, they're going to be official. They're going to date. But I think Izzy's going to leave the show and that's going to break them up. Like they're going to break up because she's leaving the show. Okay. And that's going to be season six by season six. The season five finale is when Izzy leaves the show. Okay. All right. Um, cool. Well, I think that's it for this episode. Uh, Wait, please. last Derek Tell quote. Tell me what you want to say. Last Derek quote. Rambo is completely out of control. Ah, uh, yes. And Richard being like, I don't have time to deal with your fucking bullshit. <laughs> your girlfriend is annoying me because she has a Barbie. <laughs> so true. All right. Take it away, Kelsey. Okay. Please follow us on Instagram, Grace Academy Pod. Email me, GraceAcademyPod at gmail.com. Tell me who you want us to reach out to as far as guests. Um, obviously, like our dream is to ultimately one day be able to like talk to any of the cast members. Like that's a goal that we have. However, we would also love to have other just like fans of the show. So if you know content creators who create Grace content, um, or just content creators who you know are Grace fans, like I know Miles doesn't create Grace content, but he talks a lot on other podcasts about how he's a Grace fan. And I knew that. And that is why I chose to reach out to him. So if there is someone else who fits that bill, Carmen and I do record remotely. So like they need to have the ability to also like record a podcast. We don't have a studio we can provide for them. So they need to have their own equipment or access to it, but send us your recommendations, your dream guests. We'll see what we can do. Shoot your shot. Um, you can please leave us a five-star rating and a review. If you have a time, um, this 
week has been incredible as far as streams for us. We're so happy to all the people who have found us because of miles. Um, we've like shot up on the charts. We hope that helps other people find us. So, um, if you leave those ratings and reviews, that helps keep us there and bump us higher up onto other people's algorithms and get discovered that way. Just continue to share us with your friends, your family, um, strangers on the street. And if you see Carmen as a stranger on the street, just remember no spoilies. We are doing so, so good. Uh, actually like in retrospect, so little of the show is spoiled. I have no idea what's happening. And every day is a really exciting roller coaster. Kelsey, thank you for being, uh, my co-host with this and going on this journey and being my Grey's Anatomy sensei. And thank you to all the listeners. We appreciate you and we will see you all in the next one. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.